Bruce Lawn. Should men be providers so that their wives can have the option of being stay-at-home moms? That is what we're going to be talking about this video. I'm going to be looking at a study that recently came out about women's preferences with being stay-at-home moms or not. We're going to look at a lot of passage, and I think you're going to walk away from this specific stream encouraged and edified. But before we get into that, guys, my name is Ruslan. We have some amazing free resources in the description of this video, including a free how to study the Bible course over at mastermydevo.com, as well as a Master My Habits course and a free niche training if you're looking to get into the YouTube creator space. So check those links out in the description. I put out a video on the Megan Wood, Devon Franklin situation. I then did another video clarifying women in career, which you should really go watch that video because this video kind of follows the conversation we were having in that video. And we really were having a conversation in that video. I referenced a study that I'm going to link you guys to here in a moment, but I asked women who were in the chat if they had the option to stay at home with little children, would they? And if you go and look at the comments section, the overwhelming majority of women, even women with amazing careers, all, all let's say 95% of them in the comments section said, if I had the option to stay home with my children when they were little, I would have absolutely done that. So then it, br- it brought us to the question of how, how do we build our lives in a way where men can earn enough so that they could provide the opportunity for their wives to stay at home with little children if they choose to do so. Before we get into that, I have to just start and, and, and say this. I am speaking to people who are of able body and sound mind living in a North American context that are primary millennials. Okay, That's the vast majority of people who are watching this channel. Okay. Uh, there's exceptions to the rule. There's, there's sickness. There's all types of stuff. There's brothers that have done time in prison, came home. There's, there's so many other variables. And I'm speaking specifically to folks who are born again, regenerated followers of Jesus. Okay. Meaning that Jesus comes, lives the life that you couldn't live, dies the death that you should have died. You put your faith in him he, because he rose on the cross bodily and he sent you his Holy Spirit, gave you a new heart. That is who I'm primarily speaking to, okay? So just, just want to make sure that we're setting this clear. I'm not speaking for uh, non-believers or anything like that. I'm speaking specifically to born-again men who are millennials and how to do that, okay? Second thing I want to say is in light of the first part, where I said there's all kinds of circumstances where maybe someone is disabled, maybe someone got sick, maybe, right? All kinds of variables. The point of this video, and hear me loud and clear, the point of this video is not for anyone to walk away feeling ashamed. Romans 8.1 says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to be sharing a lot of my story, my paradigm about all of this, and the, the, the journey that we've been on, dispelling some of the misconceptions that people see now and think, oh, you you just got lucky and you had the opportunity, right? We're going to talk about that part. Before we get into that, we got to look at this study. Some of y'all thought it was capping. By the way, when I reference a study, um, if I don't put it in the link in the description before asking for it in the comment section, do me a solid and just attempt to Google it. 
Some of y'all like, what study did you reference? And it's like, I literally just Google it and send you three, four links. Uh, just Google it before you ask because they're all widely available. I don't just make up stuff and pull stuff uh, to, 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 to make my point. Okay. I don't, I'm not, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. Okay. So this is a study. This is referencing this. The study is being referenced in time. It says one of the 56% of American mothers who prefer to stay at home. Okay, and this is an entire article of a Gallup poll that shows that more than half of women in the U.S. with children under the age of 18, 56 percent would prefer to stay at home over going to work. And 39 percent of women without children under the age of 18 said they wanted the role of homemaker. These numbers look like what you might expect in a society whose members are happy with the status quo. And then they go on and they rip the article and say that, you know, I had to stay home, but it was good that it up. Here's the reality. We're not going to speak about non-realities. The reality is, and again, go look at the comment section of the previous videos, is that the vast majority of women, if they had the opportunity to stay at home, would want to stay at home. Okay? We can say, well, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We're going to deal with that reality. That is backed up by studies. That is backed up anecdotally. And that is backed up by the comment section in the previous videos. 56% at least, and that's, by the way, kids 18 and younger. I bet you if we were to do a study of kids six and under, women who work with kids six and under, I bet you the, the, the vast majority, I would say way higher than 56%, would want to have the option of staying at home. This part is going to make us uncomfortable. We're going to go look at some scriptures that are hard scriptures, and we are going to unpack those passages that may hurt and sting a little bit. And then we are going to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you a bit of my story and how we got here and some very practical step-by-steps uh, methods and ways so that men can earn more money if they choose to do so and become providers. So buckle up. All right. Now let's jump into the first passage we have on hand. This is First uh, Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. This is Paul writing a church where there was contention between different widows, okay? And these there would be these wealthy widows that were kind of taking advantage of the church taking care of them, and then there were older widows that actually needed the support because there was no one to take care of them. So Paul writes, 1 Timothy 5, and he says, Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Okay? Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. And this is this is the this is the big verse, okay? He says it very matter-of-factly. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So this is saying, hey, there's these tensions with these with these older widows, the you know, that, that are in the church, and then there's folks that, that that don't really need the help of the church, but they're finessing the system. And 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 the way that he the way that he deals with this is he says, by the way, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. If you are holding the position like I once did, 
that men don't need to worry about providing. Men don't need to worry about having useful skills and careers. Men don't need to worry about all these things. I don't know how you ascribe to scripture being your final authority and brush over passages like that. Okay. That is a a, a pretty high standard saying that if you do not provide for your own specifically for the needs of your household, you're worse than a non-believer and have denied the faith. When I got married, some of you guys think we came from money. Some of you guys think we came from wealth. Some of you guys think I've always been successful. Okay. I was not. I come from a single parent household. My father wasn't in my picture. I got arrested at the age of 11. I didn't come to faith until I was much later in life. I'm not raised up in a Christian family. I'm one of the only Christians in my mom's or my dad's side of the family. And so when we got married, there wasn't a ton of help financially. And we made a lot of really bad decisions with money. And because I was an artist and I was a creative and you guys can go search the breaks with an X. You can see some of my earlier work back in the 2000s. I had this notion that I guess I'll just be a stay-at-home dad, let my wife work, who was smarter than me and more educated and had more skills the marketplace found valuable. And I said, I'll just be a stay-at-home dad. Maybe I'll go take the C-Best. Maybe I'll go be a substitute teacher occasionally. And that's how things will work. No knock on anybody that's a stay-at-home dad. dad. Again, we're not speaking in absolute terms because there's always going to be exceptions to the rules. But in my situation, as we started thinking this through and fleshing this out, the first part was in my world, there was no one who was an independent musician that I could look at that was providing for their family, providing for their relatives and providing for their household off of doing music. So off the rip, my mentality, my my mindset was limited. And there's a lot of folks that are watching this right now that are saying, ah, you don't understand. That's nice for you, must be nice, but your your thinking is going to determine how a lot of your life plays out. Because if you don't believe that you can earn enough money to provide for a family, how you believe is gonna determine how you behave. So with that, how do we navigate this? Well, in my case, I grew up stealing. <laughs> I, was a, I, was a, I was a thief. I made a video about my time getting arrested. You guys can go watch that if you want to. Okay, and I found this passage and it really convicted me. This is Ephesians chapter 28, uh, excuse me, chapter four, verse 28, Ephesians 4, 28. And this is, this spoke to me. Okay. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Remember I told you guys I got arrested at the age of 11 for stealing. Okay. But must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. So the first part of this is we see Paul saying, let me go back to this passage. We see Paul saying, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Here he's saying, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, which that was me, but must work with their, uh, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, okay, that they may have something to share with those in need. Hmm, okay, so now we have some instructions for us that come from poverty, okay? That come from a limited way of viewing the world, thinking that I can never get ahead, thinking that this is just my lot in life, thinking that, well, this is what it is. I guess I gotta cut corners and steal. I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta do things that are unethical. I guess I'll never make enough money to provide for my family, right? And he's saying, do something useful 
with your own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. I'll go to another passage. This is 2 Thessalonians. Second, uh, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse uh, 11 through 12. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your own hands. There it is again, working with your own hands. Just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you may not be dependent on anyone. So the question is, should men... Consider this, consider building their life in a way that they can give their wives or their future wife, because that's really who this is targeted to, by the way, so that they may give their future wives the opportunity to stay at home with little children. And I would unequivocally say yes. I would say the math backs that up. I would say that generally speaking, if you're a man, you want to create a lifestyle where your wife has the opportunity to stay home. I think that is beyond a reasonable uh, conclusion based on the studies, based on what we saw in the last comment section. I think pushing against that, pushing back against that, in my opinion, is reflective of a very worldly indoctrinated approach to this whole, this whole approach of, of, of family. Okay, it, it, it's it's overcorrecting to the point where there's no distinction between men and women. There's there, it's just we're we're exactly the same. We're not the same. We're equal, in essence. But we are distinct. We are different. I remember being in a sociology class, and a sociologist tried to tell me, men and women are, 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 are the same in every single way. And I said, no, they're not. Men are stronger than women. He said, how? I said, physically stronger. If you average out what an average man can squat, bench press, run, and look at any professional sport, men are stronger than women. That is a fact. No, it's not. It depends how you define strength. Okay, let's not play that game. Let's, let's, let's lock into reality. <laughs> Vast majority of women, if they had the option, would have preferred to stay home with their kids when they were little. Men, how do we do that? What are the steps that we take to do that? How do we provide that opportunity for our wives? And and dismissing, so, oh, men are just lazy or well, women are just lazy. Okay, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. Okay? Some men and some women, sure, they are lazy. But the vast majority of us, we just haven't been trained. A lot of women are just so just committed with being this 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 whole modern woman. I have to go and work and crush my career. But you've been so indoctrinated in that, and you don't see no other options. And men, on the other side, you've been told that you're nothing, you're lazy, you're goof. Every time you watch TV, every time you watch a show, right? Every time we see these things, you've been indoctrinated to, to the opposite. You've been indoctrinated to to just think of yourself as like some goofball. Homer Simpson-like character, okay? So how do we reverse engineer this? How do we reverse engineer uh, building our lives in a way that gives our wives and our future wives the opportunity to stay home with the children if they desire to do so? And we've already established that most women desire to do so. I'll tell you guys how we did it. We found ourselves $45,000 in debt. I was still in college. My wife had graduated college. She was working, bouncing back and forth between two jobs. I was working one part-time job at the YMCA trying to finish school, which I technically didn't even finish school, okay? And I wasn't trained by other men how to earn money. I didn't see a a ton of examples of other men of how to make money, especially in a creative entrepreneurial sense. So here we are in our early 20s, okay? This is, 
We got married in 2008. By the way, we've been married 14 years this July. We've been together almost 18 years this July. We first had to believe it was possible. Remember I told you what you believe about the world will determine how you behave? We first had to believe it was possible. So we got on this, let's get out of debt. Why do you get out of debt? To decrease your overhead, okay? Because if you want to have the, one of the people stay home, you, you want the wife to stay home, and your overhead is five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 a month because, hey, the average family has $600 in car notes. That's true. The average family spends a lot of money eating out. The average family has $10,000 in consumer debt. Average, average family has a ton of student loan debt. When we looked at our finances, thousands of dollars was going out every month to pay back debt. Okay? $45,000 in debt. And, and in the process, I get sued, my accounts get levied, and I find out that there was a second mortgage that I had co-signed for that didn't go into foreclosure that I was liable for for another 60000 I wake up at 25, 26 years old with over $100,000 of debt, really considering bankruptcy. So what do we do? We got on a budget. We developed a plan. We started with a little baby emergency fund. We debt snowball our debt, smallest to largest. We would stick to this, to, the, to this budget. We use the cash envelope system, right? And in the process, in the process, we started taking our money more seriously. We, we started treating our money as if it was God's money because ultimately it is, okay? And then we started to pay attention to how much we were spending and we did the math. And we're like, yo, if we, if, if we decrease all this debt, we could probably survive on around $2,000 a month. And I think that based on my skill set and what I do, I could probably earn $2,000 a month and give my wife the opportunity. This is again, 2010-ish, we go through this process. So one, we got on a budget. We got really focused. We started paying attention with our, with our money. That's one side of the equation. And we started paying off our debt. We started decreasing our overhead, not eating out as much. Getting rid of those car notes, getting rid of those student loans, getting rid of those car no, uh, credit cards. We started reducing our overhead. The second thing that happened is in this reduction of the overhead, we started to look at ways to earn more money. How did we do that? Well, we picked up side hustles. I, I started doing more freelance stuff. Then 2010, the end of 2010, I got really locked in. Because I heard Dave Ramsey say in the Proverbs, he who works his land will have abundant food. He who chases fantasies will have his share of poverty. I wasn't going to chase fantasies any longer. Either this music was going to be a career path or it wasn't. So guess what? My income went up because I started paying attention to my spending and my income started increasing from music. And as an independent musician in the year 2011 and 2012, I think I took home like an additional 20, 30 grand each year back to back. Changed the way I thought, changed my behaviors, decreased my overhead, increased my income by being my by, by taking what my business was more seriously and actually approaching it like a business and not as an expensive hobby. And by the way, it's, it's a lot like working out. I don't know if you guys know this. There's two pots in working out. Pot number one is being in a caloric deficit. Pot number two is compound lifts and pushing your body towards hypertrophy or forming new muscle. It is possible it is possible to cut, to burn fat while increasing muscle. You put yourself in a slight caloric deficit, okay, which if we're talking money, you got to live on less than you make, okay, and then you need to create movement or create momentum for your body and you could absolutely decrease fat because this is mainly caloric, this is mainly what you're consuming, 
You reduce that and you increase what you're doing. You, you create uh, uh, time under tension. You lift slightly heavier weights, okay? And generally speaking, not the person with a thyroid issue, not the, right? Generally speaking, if you are in a slight caloric deficit and you go to the gym and do compound lifts properly, generally speaking, almost anyone can lose weight and put on muscle, okay? So people say, you, you know, I try. okay. Count your calories, pay attention to what you eat. This is true. Same thing is true with money. Decrease your overhead, increase your skills, increase the things you're doing with your own hands, increase the things that you're doing to earn more money, make yourself more valuable in the marketplace. This is the part that was hard for me. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go a little deeper. I wanted to make music because it was what I wanted to do. However, the marketplace didn't value my music as much as I needed it to. But what the marketplace did was value the skills I acquired from wanting to be an entrepreneur and an independent creative business owner. So what happened? I discovered that those very same skills that I was using to do music, marketing, planning, shooting videos, editing videos, I discovered those very same skills that I was using to create my own music that was only generating me an extra twenty dollars or $30,000 a year, I discovered that I could take those very same skills and transition them over and actually go build something else for someone else and I will make more money doing that. So, in 2013, I kind of hit pause on music and what did I do? I went and started working at my local church using the skills, music, recording music, knowing audio, so on and so forth. I skill stacked that. And I got a job at the church making more money than I ever have. This is 2000, 2013, beginning of 2013. I worked at my church for two years, two and a half years, and I was making $3,500 a month, which at the time was an insane amount of money. I was making less money doing my other job, which was working with developmentally disabled adults. And then I was doing music on the side, but then $3,500 a month. And I was still able to do music for a little bit. And then basically what happened is working at the church, I took those skills and I went full-time with music in 2015 Okay, and my company in 2016 grossed $250,000, right? And I've consistently been a six-figure entrepreneur since then, okay? It's not that I'm freaking special. It's, it's not that I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, oh, you're an outlier. Like, listen, it's that I'm resilient. It's that I believe that I can do these things. It's that I looked at the scriptures and I say, hey, I have a moral obligation, to provide the opportunity for my wife to stay at home with our kids, Right. And so and so people look at like, well, you've always been you have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. It doesn't what, 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 what the YouTuber says on YouTube. It doesn't apply to everybody else. I haven't always been a YouTuber with 100,000 subscribers. I was doing really bad. We were doing really bad. OK, having mentor couples trying to figure this out. And by the way, you know what? You know, you know, something interesting that happened. You guys aren't going to like this, men. You're not going to like this. But I, I pray that you hear me and you apply these things, the more, the more I put in work, the more I earned more money, the more I created a stable environment where money was no longer a worry, the more I took care of my wife and gave her options, the better our marriage got, the more, the, 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 the more she got on top of her game of holding down all the cooking, holding down all the cleaning, holding down the children, holding down extracurricular activities, okay? 
I know. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And my wife is not a, uh, uh, I'm, I've just always wanted to be submitted to a man. That's not the energy she's on. She's college educated. She worked in the, in the corporate world. Okay. But it's, isn't it interesting that the more I held down my wife, the more she wanted to hold me down and create an environment where we can flourish and thrive and, and, and do incredible things in the name of Jesus. And by the way, a lot of you guys are like, well, my calling, my identity. Okay, my wife now serves at a church. She does a thing called KKPC. It's a Kids King, Kids King production program out here. We do it twice a year. We put on a big play, and there's a lot of ch- children that come in, and we're able to, she's able to, I just, I'm, just, I'm just a sidekick. I just, I'm just there with the baby. She's able to pour into these kids. They're, they're memorizing Bible verses, they do a whole production. We just did the Christmas one. We're going to do another one in the fall, right? And she gets the same fulfilling autonomy she had when working a job, except she's she's able to volunteer and run an entire thing. And then, then, then our church saw the stuff she was doing at this other church that she was at and hired her part-time to do similar stuff at our church. It's, it's, it's not that she just, like, became this miserable stay-at-home mom. And I, and I play with her now. I'd be toying with her. Like, you won't go back to work. She's like, no, I won't go back to work. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> Guys, I know this stuff is challenging. And if you're single, I want you to really think about this. I want you to really think about this. I was talking to two different guys, two different guys that I'm close to there in their early 20s. One guy told me, I don't really care about building useful skills and earning money because, hey, he said, me and my family, we can live in, in, in some random RV in a trailer park. I don't care. Okay. And I said, you think that way at 21, but at 31, pretty sure your wife's not going to be cool with y'all living in a trailer park when there's babies around, right? Well, I'll just marry this type of woman, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Or you can just build some more useful skills now so that you can earn more money when you're 30. Mm. Talking to another gentleman, talking to another gentleman. He's in his early 20s. He was over last night. He's an artist. Some of you guys may know him. And I said, how are you doing? And he broke down his finances to me. And they're living in San Diego. No debt. He's like 22, 23. His wife is like 21. They got married young, right? Holds down all the bills by himself. I said, so your wife doesn't work? And he's like, yeah, she works, but that's just her spending money. I don't, we don't even, well, I don't even worry about that. She can do what she want with that money. What you believe about the world will determine how you behave. If you think that you'll never make enough money to afford your wife the opportunity to stay at home, that will become your self-fulfilling prophecy. Ladies, if you believe your husband is some loser that can't earn and can't figure it out, he's a doofus and he's a lazy, if you believe that about him, that will determine how you treat him and the lack of respect and dignity you give him. And it's not cool to talk about. Where we are now is, hey, we want to get a bigger place. We're doing well, but... Y'all think we're rich? We live in a two-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom, 900-square-foot condo with five people, three kids under seven, okay? We're looking at buying a home next year, being self-employed, claiming more on our taxes, paying more in taxes, saving up a bigger down payment because we our mortgage has to be different than just like a regular mortgage. If you work a nine-to-five, houses are 800 to 1.1 million in San Diego, right? And so... That's, that's what we're looking at doing. I rent this condo next door. This is where my studio is at. So we rent this condo next door. My mother-in-law lives upstairs. My niece lives upstairs. Me and my wife, our family, we live next door. Okay, that, that, that's how our stuff is set up. We're not, we're not balling out rich. Remember, we do live in San Diego after all, right? So we're now looking at, and guess what? I have to change my way of thinking 
about what it means to buy a house. I have to surround myself with people that have bought houses and that are doing well. I have to listen to the things they say and the way they approach things. If you're really looking at this and you're in a spot where, hey, I don't have the opportunity to um, stay at home as a mom and I really want to. Man, that's that's hard. That's hard. And 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 you know, encourage your husband, believe in your husband, create ways and, and uh, ways you can hold him accountable. Encourage him to develop more useful skills that the marketplace deems valuable. Thinks he can get paid on his results and not on his time. I know multiple bar- multiple barbers, multiple barbers that are not college educated. They barely graduated high school. Barely graduated high school. One of them did 15 years in prison, one of my closest friends. And they're coming out and earning way more money than they ever made in the streets cutting hair. Why? Because they're getting paid on their results and not on their uh, time. They're not trading time for money. They're getting paid. They have a, a, a more scarce skill set, right? If you have two hands and two feet and you're of able body, you're not going to get paid the same to clean because a lot of people can clean, but not a lot of people can organize and run a cleaning business. Who gets paid more? The person that does the cleaning or the person that gets the contracts and has the customer acquisition and builds out the business and gets the bond and gets the insurance? Who's going to earn more? So that, that is a more scarce, useful skill than the person that can just clean, right? So what, you, what do you do? You skill stack. If you want to clean, respect, start a side hustle, build up the clientele, right? Transition and, and own your own cleaning business. This is, this is how we earn more money. You skill stack, right? Learn how to get paid for results and not just time. It's not going to be an overnight process. Remember, we talked about the two, the two pots. A lot of times that's how life works. Two pots, like Tupac, right? You got one side that says, hey, I am earning money. This is my earning the money side. This is, this is you going to the gym and working out. This is you creating movement, motion, lifting. That's one side. The other side is my calorie consumption. This is what you're consuming. This is what you're spending money on. You got to decrease that and be in deficit here. You got to increase that, right? Same way with earning money. You got to, you got to work to eat. If a man ought not work, he he ought not eat. That's in the scriptures too. That's a hard one. Okay. So you got to work to eat and then you got to sow to reap. That's a different column. If you're not married and you're looking at getting married, really consider what I'm saying to you. Really take this stuff to heart. Start with examining what skills you currently have and how you can make yourself more useful to your future spouse, to your future kids. What kind of life do you want to live? My goal with what I do on this channel is to make sure you know where the ladder is. I understand that not everyone is in the same place I understand that not everyone has access to the same flashlights. I understand that different parts of the room, it may be darker, okay? But if I can just just, just be brutally honest with you and show you where the ladder is, then at least you know where the ladder is and you can work your way to getting through the ladder, considering that we all don't start in the same place. I understand that. But what we're not going to do is ignore that there is a ladder, There is a ladder. There's a ladder for financial literacy. There's a ladder for you to earn more money. There's a ladder for you to build better spiritual disciplines. There's a ladder for you to have more fulfillment in your marriage and in your faith. Okay? So what I'm not going to do is cap and, and, and lie and act like there is no ladder. 
there's a ladder, fam. But you have to understand how to get to the ladder. And I'm going to give you guys what got me to and, and working up the ladder. Okay, and it's not for everybody and we all don't start in the same place and it's harder for others and we have different challenges and we have different setbacks and we have different things we have to overcome. But what we're not going to do is act like there's not a ladder. Right. And if and if I can make videos that just point you to the ladder and you're ultimately the person that these videos are about, they're not about me. They're about things that you're going through. These are just things that I've, by the grace of Jesus, have been able to work through over the past 15 years of being married, 14 years of being married and, you know, building a family and all these things. So hopefully this is helpful, man. But I really do. I really do love hearing from you guys, man. So, so, so do let me know what you think about these sorts of things. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description. There's a bunch of free resources, but specifically a master my Devo course, as well as a find your niche training. If you're looking at getting into the YouTube creator space, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe with the bell notification on, and check out some of these other videos YouTube is recommending from me to you. Peace.